Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Excellent. Really, really great to be here with you this morning. We've got something a little bit different. We have got our pastors, Simon and Ali, here with us this morning. It's very exciting. And uh, they're going to come up and we're going to have a little bit of an interview and talk to them about the things that are being on the horizon for One Church. If you didn't know, we are not just One Church. We've got many different locations in different places in this country and another country, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, And these guys lead our whole One Church network so just want to put your hands together for Simon and Ali. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for being here this morning. That's a pleasure. Loving it. See you. Um, So what is on the horizon? Come on what's going on for One Church? I think the first thing, uh, and that, this is what I want to talk about uh, this morning, is one of the things we need to start with is the difference between mission. So when we talk about mission, we talk about growing you to live big. That's expansive enough for every church and every individual, every church to actually live within that mm. broad uh, aspect of horizon. And then we talk about vision. Uh, and vision, uh, what I've realized about vision is you, you can pronounce or uh, claim, this is what God's saying. And, and really what you're doing is describing the horizon. Yeah. And you can look on the horizon and you, you, you're trying your best to describe something that's a little bit vague. And you go, ah, this it's a yacht. I can see a yacht on the horizon. Uh, but you have a compelling by God. This is the way you're trying to go. And that vision pulls you forward. But of course, as you move towards a horizon, what happens to the horizon? It keeps yeah, moving. Yeah. <laughs> and what you thought was a yacht is actually a wigwam. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the point is, you try and describe what you can see as God shows it to you and you move towards it. But of course, the closer you get to that horizon, the horizon keeps moving and yeah. keeps moving and keeps moving. And I think that's what's really important, that the vision of one church is constantly moving, yeah, uh, yeah, but the yeah. mission remains the same. Excellent. And that's what I want to talk about today, really, in a few things. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. We're looking forward to this. <laughs> so anyone that knows you knows that you are passionate about development and especially leadership development. So what can you tell us about One Church's leadership development and what we're going to be looking at and doing? Yeah. Um, uh, I, it, this is true. This is, this is why I exist. The, the reason why I, I came here is I want One Church to be a sending church. Mm. I, I, I want it to be known as a church that isn't just... Uh, interested in its local community uh, uh, but the city and the the county the nation and the globe as well mm. uh, and I, I realized when I first started here that God had put this vision inside of me to uh, I know it's crazy but can God use a little white box on the side of a hill oh, yes. to reach Come across yes. the world? Yes, is, and I, I thought, this is crazy. Like, everybody drives past Gloucester, mm-hmm. right? but I, <laughs> they don't stop at Gloucester. They drive past Gloucester. Right? But God put this vision in my heart and this desire. And I realized in order yeah. to achieve the, that desire in my heart, we had to grow people, or in particular, grow leaders yeah. 
to actually achieve that objective. Yeah. So as soon as I arrived, I've been constantly on a local church basis growing leaders. So we have things like academy or emergent groups. I remember doing something called D21, if you were part of that. Yeah. Right. This is all part of trying to help people figure out their calling in life. Because I believe every one of us is a leader. Yeah. Every one of us, whether yeah. we have to lead ourselves, lead our family, lead in the workplace, be an example of Christ. The Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ mm. wherever we go. Or whether you're a leader of a grow group or whether you're a leader of a department or a leader of a church or leader of like, uh, whether you're a politician, actor, wherever the world takes you, wherever yeah. God takes you in this world, we have to learn to lead. And these are the th elements within the local church that I'm passionate about. So over the years, we've seen very exciting things mm. uh, so we prayed for Kai and Emily yeah right uh, just a couple of weeks ago well they were part of an academy that we started years ago. Yeah. And it's so thrilling for the, to see them go through that. But it's not just about young people coming through. Yeah, that's good. Uh, another example is, uh, you, you may or not know, but Paul Creswell. Paul Creswell mm. looks after uh, the Philippines. Well, he was part of D21. Mm. So the, the development and the training is releasing people yeah. beyond the local church for us to be translocal. Yeah. Not just Gloucester, but the uttermost parts of the yeah. earth is uh, a mandate yeah. that's inside of me. And people don't just need young leaders. We need all sorts of different leaders Absolutely. to lead everybody. So yeah. there's something there for everyone to develop themselves Absolutely. and to be developed, yeah. which is exciting. Um, Can I just say oh. mission is a really good way of doing this? Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, uh, what I've noticed is uh, it's less and less the more primary leaders are leading mission and people are rising in the ranks mm. to lead mission. I think this is wonderful. It's a great opportunity. Uh, but you have a chance to practice on everybody else. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It's in another country. So you no can come knows, back yeah. again right, and go, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but what a great opportunity to stretch yourself yeah. in your development by going on mission. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think the, the, these things uh, have been a design to grow leaders in yeah. the local church. Yeah. And uh, you know, we take Amy, you spoke about Kai and Emma, we take Amy, our mm. own Amy Jordan. When you arrived, Amy was what, 16? She was terrible. She was like... <laughs> 16, yeah. did academy, academy, then was an intern, went through that, did the um, apprenticeship. apprenticeship, and now, I mean... We all know that we love Amy. Come on, everyone loves Amy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what an incredible, phenomenal leader she is now. So that's the sort of fruit that we're seeing. Yeah, so thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for those And long things. may it continue. Yes, it will. It will. Yeah. And even like for myself and John, we moved here to Gloucester because we knew. We came from Essex, you know, all that far away. <laughs> uh, because we knew we were going to be developed and we were going to grow and become better leaders underneath your guys' leadership. So and thank you. you. Thank you. Aw, he's sweet, isn't he? <laughs> um, right, so, we're, but we're not just developing leaders here in one church, are we? In, in our network, we are developing leaders across the globe. And how are we doing that, Simon? Right, um, you may or may not know, but uh, we run something called the One Church Coaching Network. And this is where... Uh, it came out of people just 
talking to Ali and myself, oh, can we have some lunch? Can we, can we meet? Pastors from uh, all over the place. Uh, uh, there's pastors north, like uh, near Newcastle, mm. Devon, Wales, uh, all over the place. And I said, yeah, yeah, come and have a lunch. You know, we'll have a chat, have a coffee. And, but this just got more and more mm. time consuming. And uh, John Andrews, who's been with us for the last couple of years, and I got together and said, we, we must be able to do this more efficiently. So what we said is like, why don't you come for a day and we'll have a coaching network for a day. And for the last two years, three times a year, uh, we've got 20 churches committed to this, right, who, mm. who are, which we call the coaching network, yeah. who come and we just spend a day investing. What I think is marvellous, uh, we, yeah. this little white box on the side yeah. of a hill, yeah. is now having just quietly investing into 20 other churches across the nation right now we don't we don't advertise it it's not on facebook we don't push it it's purely on relationship Mm. right if we've connected in some way that's that's what we're doing in that situation there and of course that enables us the one church pastors the expression pastors to join in that as well yeah and we benefit from it as well as encouraging Mm. other churches and and growing other leaders which is exciting yes it's It's really really good one of the things I love about it is it's not just me pontificating for a day, right? I'm watching the, that, that horizontal conversation yeah. happening where there's someone going, I think you could help me with our children in our church. And so these relational connections between mm. leaders and pastors has really been an effective way yeah. to help grow across the nation yeah it's been great to see and to be able to make new relationships and and learn from other churches as well as help other churches grow so it's been great and then like you know so we're we're doing this we're growing leaders we're developing people we're seeing new expression new locations come and then you go and take on a, a national role what's that about another another national role tell us about that yeah, uh, I, I was. All of that was Monday. I needed something else to do on Tuesday, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, the we we've always had a strong affiliation with Assemblies of God. Yeah. Um, and the truth is that got a little bit difficult and fraught uh, about a couple of years ago, mm. and we we had to come to a point where we said, "Look, this is going to hurt us if we keep going in this way," and. Um, and then a remarkable change about, do you know when you see the things you hope would happen, mm. right, yeah. and think that's never going to happen, actually happen. And suddenly I, I'm faced with a decision because the leader, Glyn Barrett, who's leading Assemblies of God at the moment, said, Simon, would you come and help me with leadership development? Brilliant. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He says, well, do you know what you do at one church? Yeah. I <laughs> said, yeah. He said, could you do that for 600 churches? <laughs> That's what I mean by Tuesday. <laughs> and something pumped in my heart. Yeah. And I said, uh, I, said, I said, you know we're not part of AOG. You know, yeah. that's, he says, don't worry about that. We'll sort those things out. Uh, but God, by his amazing ways, more than my flawed decision making yeah. maybe, but in his amazing ways, has come about where now I serve one church uh, on behalf of one church I serve Assemblies of God to, uh, and I'm the leadership development director for Assemblies of God Amazing, Amazing.
And although you are, you, Simon, have got this title and this role, it's actually, it's, it's us. It's all of us that are a part of that because we are, first of all, we're releasing you yeah. and allowing you to be able to do yeah. that and helping you uh, as well as the, we've been the guinea pigs and we've been the people that yeah. you've, you've <laughs> developed and, uh, and have learned how to, to do that. And then so we are blessing other people through that, which is exciting. And it's true because what Simon may not say is when Glenn took up the leadership a year ago, like A, he would have been our A1 choice, our A-star choice for uh, the AOG movement. But also he looked at what was happening in one church and he said, this is the place where it's happening. Mm. This is one of the only places it is happening in the UK. You have to replicate what you're doing here across the nation. So Very good. It's really, really exciting. Sometimes coming in on a Sunday just for you to know these things is great because you can pray and feel proud. You are all part of that. Mm. So, brilliant, brilliant. And then we've had some different opportunities that have opened up for us as as one church over the years. And uh, one was uh, Zimbabwe mm. uh, with Kennedy, mm. uh, as well as Egypt. So. Um, how did that happen? How did those things come about? The, wow, how did they come about? Well. The, you are all aware that we are connected to a church in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And uh, we're not just connected. We, are, we have the responsibility of overseeing that church. Mm. And there's three churches. Uh, Karakariki. Everybody say Karakariki. 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 you got to say it in the back of your in the back of your mouth, Karakariki. Karakariki. Yeah, yeah, keep practicing. Rasapi, say it like a cockney. Oh, you've, got to, you've, got to roll, you've got to roll your Rasapi. And Zindoga, Zindoga, mate. Zindoga, you've got to say it more like an Australian. Zindoga. Zindoga. <laughs> so Karakariki, Rasapi, and Zindoga are three churches that we have responsibility for. Uh, can I, uh, I was literally uh, three weeks ago, I was in. Zindoga. I was in the church, one of our churches there, and uh, we have spent the last five or six years uh, partnering with Tear Fund, which is a, a charity, uh, to help the the poorest of the poor, those in the rural areas, to maximise the land they've got to turn it into not just subsistence farming, but actually make a profit so that they can uh, uh, grow, get some wealth back in. Uh, you know, teaching them how to make homemade fertilizer, uh, creating the church as a bank so that they can save their money and then as a community can draw from that to go and borrow to buy some tools. For example, mm. these things uh, have been growing very slowly over the last five or six years. Last year I went, I was super pleased because we'd moved from subsistence, like that allotment mentality, to expand... So they didn't just have enough themselves, but they had some to sell as well that enabled them to maybe build uh, uh, another part of their house or to buy some more tools. I was absolutely thrilled. I haven't got enough time to tell you how amazing that was. And then two things have happened in the last six months. A disaster of a harvest. They lost everything. Mm. And then a disaster of political regime, which means... Uh, everything's gone, inflation's gone up 500%. So if you save your money, 
what, if you say, uh, you know, your $500, for example, is now only worth $100, because it, it, inflation's gone mm. up. It's, it's worthless. They can't buy anything anymore. So I found myself in a hut in Zindoga t three weeks ago, uh, talking these uh, lovely women. They're wearing threadbare clothes. Uh, they are existing. And I tried to, you know, preach. I pulled out my phone. <laughs> there's no electricity. There's no running water. And I read from the scripture and to encourage them from the word of God. And man, it was tough. It really was tough. There was no, mm. it, it wasn't connecting at all. So I thought, Q&A, do Q&A. So I said, anybody got a question? And the first question was asked, was, um, is living in England like living in heaven? Wow. And I suddenly realized what, how they saw me and what I, obviously, angelic-like and etc. But, uh, <laughs> but we all understand that. Just put that to one side for a moment. But uh, I, they just saw that our world is perfect. And I, all I saw was this wonderful community of women who are hanging together despite the odds. I thought, if we could just have a, an ounce of that in our broken community over here. And I, but the context does not enable you to try and communicate how rich they are in relationship compared to our wealth. Yeah. So I thought, oh, we just no, we weren't breaking through at all. And they asked questions, and then eventually a lady looked at me and said, would you give me $200 to buy chickens? And I was torn between heart and head here, because my heart was going, absolutely, I'd empty my wallet to, to pay for you to have chickens. And, uh, but my head was telling me, we work on a policy that we don't give money. We've worked for six years to invest into them. To, so that, you know the expression, give a man a fish and he can eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat every day. Well, that's the policy we're trying to work through. So my head and my heart were in conflict. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm praying, God, give me wisdom. And then I looked at her. I said, I'll do a deal. And it's translated into Shona. And they look at me, what are you going to do? I'll fund match you. How much you got? She says, $60. I said, I'll give you $60 then. She said, will you give me $100? Because $120 is not going to buy what I need. I need $200. I said, no, no, you know the deal. Fund match. And I felt, half of me was like, you're a bit hard. Like, and the other half of me, I felt the Holy Spirit was helping yeah. me. And, uh, and they all started to chatter. And I, I imagine them all going, I, I reckon I can get... Two dollars from Auntie May, and you know we've. Uh, I've, uh, actually, I know I said five dollars, but I've got ten. You know, and suddenly they all turned and said, "We've got a hundred dollars." I said, "If you show me a hundred dollars, I will give you a hundred dollars." And something changed in the room in that moment. Wow. So they they started to clap, and then they started to sing. But they sang worship to Jesus. Something just rose in that room and they start to praise Jesus and they start to sing something and I'm like, I watched what happened like as and I realized it's not the funds that they needed it was the fight they needed yeah. to get their fight back like you releasing me to sit in that hut in a moment that I think was inspired by the Holy Spirit 
allowed a group of people to get their fight back against economic disaster and a, and a yeah. harvest that's disaster. They got their fight back mm. and they all came outside, in, out into the, uh, the bright sunshine. They were singing away. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I was emotional, absolutely emotional. Right. We, we, we can make a difference we can. with a small group of African women who've never met, been to their capital city, let alone another part of Africa. Our little church, our little white box on the side of a hill is actually making a difference yeah. there. Good. Great. And you know what? It's not convenient to own overseas churches in war-torn politically um, you know uh, in political turmoil countries it isn't but God's called us to do it God's called us to be yeah. broader and wider than just our locality and um, you may not see them physically you may not see their issues or sit with them and it might be difficult for you to um, even imagine or perceive or feel what we're saying, but you can see them in prayer. And if you want to see what God is placing on one church for Zimbabwe, then close your eyes and ask God, because they are our partners in the gospel. We are their partners in the gospel. Their yeah. issues are our issues. And I encourage you to join with God on what he's called us to do with them. When Prisca prays, uh, me and Prisca probably FaceTime each other once a month. And we chat and we mentor and we, we're accountable with each other. And then we pray for each other. When Prisca prays for my kids, she prays with more knowledge than sometimes even I've got about their issues. All the way mm. in a poor place in Zimbabwe, she is praying incredibly insightfully yeah. for Jack and Abby because she sees. God, God gives her eyes to see my yeah. children. Let God give you eyes to see her children, to see her church, yeah. to see her issues and partner with them in the gospel that we're both called to. Yeah, it is, it is incredible. And it's a beautiful, beautiful country. I've been over there as well myself. And if you get a chance, please go on of our missions to Zimbabwe because it would encourage them so much and it will bless you incredibly. We, we went uh, two years before I fell pregnant with Cole and, uh, and they wanted to pray for us. They asked if there was anything we were struggling with. We said, we're struggling to have children. And they prayed for us and they continued to pray for us. John went back out there two years later. I couldn't go because I was pregnant. And, um, and he, when he told them, they cried with joy and, and they really had felt it for us. So just... I do encourage you, like, feel for them as well and, and let's partner with them because it's not about them doing it on their own. It's about us all doing it together. Yeah. They, they do teach us like, yeah. how to own across from yeah. thousands of miles away. Yeah. Uh, I remember going out there. If you remember, Tom wasn't very well. Tom works for me. He runs the kids' work here. And they, they found out that Tom was in hospital. Mm. As soon as I arrived at the church in Karakariki, Deborah, who's the pastor there, she, she came up to me. First thing she said, hello, Simon, how's Tom? 
I'm like, how do you remember that? Mm. And she said, we have been praying for Tom every single day. Yeah. And I was able to say, Tom is healed. He's back on his feet again. And he's, he's, uh, he's working with the children like he was before. Yeah. And they rejoiced. Yeah. It, typically African. It's wonderful. Yeah, Absolutely it's, wonderful. It's very beautiful. And then, um, obviously, we've heard quite a lot as well. You've spoken to us about Egypt and, yeah. uh, and what God's put in your heart for that. And how are you incorporating our um, One Church leaders as well within yeah. that? Can you talk us yeah. about that? Uh, very, very briefly, uh, uh, during the Syrian crisis, uh, we, uh, we gave £10,000 from One Church coffers to help with the crisis out there, which is a brilliant offering. Well done, everybody. That was incredible. Um, but it's just a drop in the ocean. And I, f- I, th- I thought, God, how can we help here? And I felt God speak to me and say, be part of the rebuild, not the rescue, be part of the rebuild. Mm. So I've been looking for opportunities in the Middle East to how we uh, can help rebuild, particularly the churches and the leaders to encourage them and get them back on their feet again. And that, the opportunity came in Egypt, and uh, there were a number of different ways that we've done, but the strongest uh, one we've had recently is in Egypt, and we've been working for the last three years in Egypt. Uh, Mike came across, Tom's been, uh, there's a, a small team of us, but I've been working with other churches in our network, to co- uh, broader than our network, yeah. to come and help us in that situation. And uh, uh, this, is, this for me is the little miracle, because you've got to trust God with what you see on the horizon, rather than try and define it clearly. Right? And this is what I mean by the yacht and the wigwam. I know I mm. joked about it. Right? We are working in Egypt, but I'm saying, God, what about the people in Syria? Right? The rebuilding there. Mm. And uh, in the last year of working, we, we got down to 25 leaders. And as we talk to them, as we're training them, do you know where they invest their mission? In Syria. So we are training people, leaders, Arab-speaking leaders in Egypt who are now going to Syria to train and rebuild the church there. Excellent. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next phase doesn't involve me. I'm, I'm kind of the pioneer. I get it set up. Mm. So Mike and there'll be a team of people who will be training leaders over the next uh, two years. Another group going out in November. Uh, and now I'm starting to look at Lebanon, Jordan, because uh, there seems to be some opportunities there. Uh, can you really pray about this? Because I do believe the Holy Spirit opens doors that aren't necessarily logical. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. All right. And I just, God, yeah. if you're guiding, I believe that you are going to take us where you are placing one church and where you see us fit. Yeah. And that's the only thing I pray. God, yeah. place us like as part of your plan yeah. where we are going to be the most effective. Yeah. So watch this space. Um, because our church may be helping rebuild in churches right across the wow, Middle East. That would be exciting. incredible. I just, you know, our reach has become so vast. Unbelievable. Um, one church, that our name is in all these different places and affecting lives in these different places. I remember when you guys first arrived, uh, well, when we first arrived, actually, because um, you were here for us, uh, and you had a, a vision, Simon, for pe- everybody to go on mission True. by 2012. Yeah. 
and uh, and we sent this massive team of like 90 people over to Belgium and yeah. it was so good and the amount of people that have gone on mission now and Kev has taken that over and obviously we've got 2020 coming up as well and uh, we've got how many people going on mission for 2020? 226. Two across our network. Which Give is or take three. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still space for more by the way. Yeah. Give Kev a headache. Um, <laughs> I can see his eyes going, uh. <laughs> Always wait some more. If you want to go on mission, and even if it's not 2020, there are so many missions that we do as one church because, as Simon said, um, it's a great opportunity to develop yourself as a leader and as a person, as a Christian. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And I just encourage you, do that. Go on mission and uh, be a part of that. Fantastic. Amen. And so... We've got all this going on, and this is all very busy, and it's all very exciting, and then you're going on sabbatical. Yes. <laughs> um, how does that work? Yeah, how does that work? We've done, a lot of planning has gone into this, uh, about what you're going to obviously be doing while you're on sabbatical, and what happens while you're away, because all those things obviously need to be covered. Um, just a small a small fraction of stuff to do there. Yeah. Um, so tell us how that's going to work and, well, well, and the first, reasons for it. Well, firstly, um, Ali and I are coming up to 30 years of full-time ministry. You are old. I can't believe that. <laughs> I know I don't look old enough. <laughs> so um, we, when we got to the 25-year mark, this is when the idea of sabbatical started to come about. Mm. We said, oh, let's do a sabbatical. Uh, we've never done a sabbatical here in one church before. So uh, we were like, what is it? Um, it's a time to take a time aside to refresh. And I, I thought, you know what? I am going into the last 15 to 20 years of my ministry, right? Mm. And I want to be stronger, more focused, and more dangerous than I've ever been in my life, right? Yeah. I want to make these, these last years... Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I know. As, as laser-focused yeah. as possible. Yeah. Right? And, and so this is an opportunity to take a refresh. And then we went, well, we can't do it there. We can't do it there. Well, well then it bled into the next year. Mm. We can't do it there. In the end, we just went, let's go far enough ahead and plonk it in 2019... Like, well, when you're in 2016 or 2017, that doesn't really matter, does it? Right? And then, but what it meant is we cemented something in. Yeah. And, uh, and so on, after we are one, I'm taking a three-month sabbatical. Mm. I'm going to a monastery. Excellent. Just to look around. It's a couple of hours. <laughs> a couple of hours. And uh, uh, so in broad, broad terms, I'm going to spend some time reflecting yeah. and uh, uh, what have I learned over the last 30 years? Then there's a time of learning, so I'm going to go to a church in Amsterdam that is, uh, is working with churches Europe-wide. And then I am going to shadow an apostolic leader in Singapore. He doesn't know it. <laughs> I'm just going to follow him around. <laughs> just chosen one. I'll yeah, follow you. Right. Um, for one week, I'm working in his office for one week wow. and just to see what he's doing. And then uh, he's, he's the one speaking at our conference, but I'll get to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a, a month of total step out and there's no agenda for one month. And I'm staying with some friends uh, in Australia. 
and it's hard, I know. But uh, uh, coming back for Christmas with the family, and then the last session is uh, with my friend who's an author who's going to help me finish writing my book. Wow. Yeah. Very I started good. it. I ain't finished it. Yeah. <laughs> but the goal in that two-week period in Atlanta, America, with Charlie Wetzel. If you remember Charlie Wetzel? So I'm staying with Charlie Wetzel, and he's going to help me finish my book. So that's... Fantastic. Yeah. And in the meantime, back on the ranch. Yeah. What's happening? So why aren't I going? Yeah. Yeah? It's a good question. Um, and, and it's a question that I've really thought through. Um, this man goes literally a million miles an hour constantly. When you live with him, what you see here, I get at home. I have to lock myself in the loo to get away from coaching and development, you know what I'm saying? So, um, we'll talk about that after. Yeah. But one of the other, so he has never really significantly stopped to review and reflect and, and allow God to um, just, um, yeah, have a review with Jesus. If I was with him, every morning this man would wake up and say, Ali, what do you want to do? And I don't want that to happen. I want him to be able to wake up every morning and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And um, so I've, I've, I've got more peace about staying than I have about going. Yeah, so I've got to go with that. Now, will I be investing into myself during the time he's away? Yes, I will. And, um, and we'll fill you in more on that. But I want to take a couple of weeks because if I don't, guys, God, I know what this guy's like after a two-week break. He's like let's go 150 miles an hour. And he gets all these fresh ideas and we're like, oh my goodness, put your seatbelts on. With three months of that, I need to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I will be having some time and, and some um, reflection as well uh, during that. Yeah. And you're taking on a bit of Simon's um, yes. load as well. I am, yeah. Um, when Simon took on the AOG role, it, it pretty much equated to a, day, to a day and a half a week. So someone had to cover some of the stuff that he does. Um, just a couple of months ago, um, Simon gave me a day of his job, which takes me two days to do because I am just not that good. Um, so I am taking on the, the more local end of what Simon does, which is leaders' well-being business as usual, line manage, making sure things are on, yeah. are in play, that our leaders are well, that they're healthy, that they're on track, um, as well as looking at some well-being and pastoral things that I'm really passionate about uh, in the church. So that is what I am doing for him. And then with the apostolic team that we also have, which is a cross-location team, we've got uh, leaders, they will be taking on bits of Simon's role while he's away. Brilliant. And we will somehow... <laughs> Keep it going until he comes back. It won't be keep going, it will grow. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's not it's not we're not gonna be on hold. No. We're gonna be moving. Too right. Come on. Uh, and obviously before that though, we've got We Are One. Oh yeah. How excited are we about We Are One? I am so excited about We Are One. Yeah. I that for me it's I some people ask, Do you miss local church? I, absolutely mm. I do. I, I have an office full of people who talk about local church stuff and they get all excited. If you can imagine John, Amy and Nathan in particular buzzing about the latest local church idea and I'm in the corner going, um, hello, uh, can I join in please? And, uh, and they're like, it's nothing to do with you. Like, and, uh, I, so, and I do miss a little bit of the, the rough and tumble of that, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, but I do. there's one event in the year 
that is my local church. Yeah. And that's we are one. Yeah. So I take it very personally if you don't turn up. No pressure. <laughs> I, I, but the, we are one. It's an opportunity for everyone to come together to really get to see what's happening around the expressions. We bring Kennedy from Africa. I'd love it if we could get everybody over oh, to do so that. Good. But it's just physically not possible and, and financially not possible as well. But to gather everybody together, and I pray very hard about who's the best person to come and talk to us while mm. we're there. And, uh, and, and I'm so blessed for the first time ever, right, at our conferencing, we have an overseas apostolic leader coming to We Are One Brilliant. this year. And his name is Pastor Dom Yeo. Pastor Dom Yeo from Singapore has a church of around about five or 6,000. He's planted churches in Malaysia, Thailand, he has a perspective that is a global perspective, and he's coming to us. You, you can Google it, D Dom Yeo. He's coming to our One Church Conference wow. to minister to us, to invest into us over that Friday and Saturday. Please, I, I know it's not your normal, and we don't like change very much, right? But if you want a transformational experience, right, then... Be here on that Friday and Saturday. Secondly, yeah. I want to uh, let you know what we've been working about. Uh, you know, the so what. So I've told you about all these things. If you come on that Friday and Saturday, you'll find out exactly where we're going as a one church. Yeah. And the next stages, in, particularly in terms of our mission and our pathway. And some of the ideas that we've been working on to help us facilitate vision to the furthest we've ever gone. Yeah. Both locally and translocally as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it is Cheltenham. I know. It is hard. <laughs> but please, uh, please make the effort. Yeah. I'd, and I promise you, you will reap that investment that you have over that Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And you can have Sunday off, okay? Sunday will be deal. free that time. That's a great deal. Um, we, we do need to book in for that, though, yeah. as well, Church. So get on your My One Church app. If you don't know what that is, go down to the lounge, find out, and uh, book in. If you're booked in before the 22nd of this month, you get a, uh, a little information pack and a little free gift. Very exciting. I know. Very exciting. So make sure you get booked in. We, need, we all need to be there. We really do. I'll hand over to you, Simon, then. Oh, let me just finish with some words of encouragement from the word of God. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter 3, this is quite a... If you've been around church a long time, you'll know the scripture. It talks about Ezekiel. And it says that the Lord took... The spirit of the Lord took Ezekiel um, to a valley. And it says this. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, now what question do you think was about to be asked? If you just saw a valley full of bones, right, what are you thinking? Right, you're thinking, the thing you're thinking is, how did these bones get here? Yeah. What happened to these bones? Mm. Like, where... Uh, is, was there some kind of battle? Your head will be asking those questions. God, however, 
asks a very different question. He says, son of man, can these bones live? So, say what, what, what? Right? No, no, I, I, I want to know how these bones got here. But God says, I want you to look beyond what you can see. And he asks him a question that makes him think differently about his circumstances. Mm. And I just want to leave you with this little thought. There was a lady in Zindoga who asked me a question. Can you give me $200? And that question sent me into a bit of a tailspin internally because it wasn't what I was thinking. But the outcome of that question took me to a new place, a new space of thinking. And the outcome of that was that little church got its fight back. Yeah. yeah. And the Holy Spirit comes to you right now with a new question. Not for you to just assess the place you're in, but to help you see where you're meant to be. God says, I'm going to ask you a question that helps you look beyond your immediate circumstances because I'm trying to show you where you need to go and what you need to do. And I believe God's asking us a question to get our faith back in line again, to get our fight back again. Not just to go, oh, it's the way it is. Church, it's time to get fighting again. Yeah. It's time to get our fight back. It's time to restore what you thought was dead and allow it to come alive again. And three little things just to finish. Begin to believe again. Begin to believe again. Help. Help my unbelief, someone once cried out, says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I've, my faith is just shrunk down to the lowest of the low. But get your, get your belief back again mm. and start to begin to lay. Deal with your doubts. Uh, and if you're not sure what to do, go back to what you know are your strengths and start to put that back in, on track again. Number two, be led by the Spirit. Right. Allow God to restore unity in your heart again mm. uh, and, and get your spiritual fitness back again. I recently talked to a, a group of people. And I said, how many of you have read your Bible today? And everybody looked at their shoes. I said, uh, how many people have read your Bible this week? And two people looked more relieved and put their hand up. And I looked around. I said, unless you get your spiritual basics yeah. back in play again, you're not going to position yourself to be led by the Spirit. Right? Unless you clear out the gutters, unless you clear out the gutters on your roof, when the rain of the Spirit falls, it's not going to flow down. All right? mm. It's going to get stuck and it's going to flood. Right? Clear out the gutters, get that spiritual fitness back going again, and you will be led by the Spirit. And lastly prophesy and I have to stand up for this because you cannot sit down and say the word prophesy come on God wants you to live God wants me to live God does not want me to live in fear he does not want to live with big questions and doubt 
He doesn't want me to live in a circumstances that feels like dead bones around me. And the way out of it is to speak what you know God says. Yeah. Can these bones live? He says, well, if you say so, if you, yeah, that's smart. Go back to God with it. He started to prophesy over the bones yeah. and says, these bones are going to live. Come on. These bones, these circumstances are going to change. Yeah. This, I'm, I may not be able to uh, physically change it, but my God can help me become bigger than those circumstances yeah. that I'm in. And a confession from deep inside your soul can transform the thinking in your mind. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do know one thing. My God is bigger than this circumstances right yeah. now. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this bill, but I do know this. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. See, if you've done your spiritual disciplines, the word of God comes to you clearer, right? Because it comes to your mind faster because you've been practicing in the word of God. And you can declare with faith yeah, a true. promise that God has says. This is more than the power of positive thinking. Yeah. This is saying, my God will look after me. My, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but he will carry me through this storm. I will survive. I will survive. You can sing it if you want to. <laughs> I'm out of time here. I need some people in this house to stand up and say, I'm going to prophesy over my life. I'm going to prophesy in the mirror each morning. I'm going to prophesy over my family. I'm going to prophesy over my work situation. I'm going to prophesy over my finances. I'm going to prophesy over those circumstances that say, these, nobody knows what to do with this. That's all right. I prophesy that my God knows what to do about this. Let something stir in your heart and then we can finish with a strength today. If you're prepared, even feebly, but there's an ounce that's been stirred in you that says, I'm going to prophesy over this. Would you stand with me, please? I want you to imagine you're reaching your hands over the dead bones of your life right now. Just think about this. I want you to look at what you cannot figure out and say, God, help me with a question here that helps me see beyond this. Help me to look beyond this right now. And I declare that you are the God of the bones of my life. You are the God of the things I cannot fix. You are the God of the things that I don't know how to sort out. You are my God and I speak life right now. I speak life right now. I speak life right now. And the word of God says those bones came together. The thigh bone connected to the hip bone and the hip bone connected, etc, etc. And the Bible says they became an army. And an army is designed to fight. 
God says, as you prophesy, I will give you your fight back. That what you thought was dead now becomes a fight again within you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for what you're doing in one church across all our churches. Thank you for the vision that you've put inside of us. Thank you for the mission that you've placed within us. That we are meant to grow big in your goodness and life within us. You said that you have come that we might have life and life to the fullness. And we step out into that fullness. We prophesy that fullness in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we trust you with the future. Yes. We trust you with what you've placed in our hands and say, we're not sure how we're going to do this, but we step out in faith and prophesy that what is dead will live. Now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Of what the Lord has done for us and what the Lord will do for us. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. 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 Wow, thank you. Let's honour Sayan Ali. Amazing.